the over boys this is the most dangerous podcast on wrestling and my name is antonio from no marks allowed and let's get straight into it logan paul jake's paul's brother was in the main event of crown jewel the aerial saudi arabia event that wwe has been having the last four years now you know wwe signed like a five-year 500 million dollar deal with the Saudi Arabian uh, country, they throw pay-per-view events every year, at least one a year. And, you know, it was a little bit of controversy with them doing business with Saudi Arabia, but what the stupid, dumb, white prejudice broadcasters didn't know is Saudi Arabia is the United States' second largest trade provider besides Mexico. So the whole country been doing business with Saudi Arabia. So why are you mad that WWE is doing it? So let's get back to the match. Like Logan Paul is a main eventer. And with this performance against Roman Reigns, did he earn a rematch at WrestleMania 39 for the main event of WrestleMania? I say he does because we seen Brock Lesnar and Roman have a million rematches and people booed them out of the stadium or the arena this match with logan paul was so awesome and shout out to jake paul for having his black friends tell him what to say at the crown jewel press conference he was like assalamualaikum inshallah we're gonna do the impossible inshallah like you know jake paul's black friends told him to say that and he had the crowd hype at the um press conference for crown jewel Right after coming off a big boxing one against um, Anderson Silva, the UFC legend, I talk about that on my Sports Sneakers and Culture show, No Marks Allowed. That's on YouTube. But I said last week on the Overboys, for the last episode, that Jake Paul was going to main event, you know, WrestleMania 39 because The Rock wasn't going to show up. And somebody at WWE caught wind of it and took my video down off Instagram. And it was fucked up because I didn't even use no WWE footage. So they said I used some footage bet uh, between Roman Reigns and Finn Balor at Extreme Rules. But I think it was playing on the TV on the background. So I think YouTube played different games. I was about to, about to sue WWE ass. Fucking nuts. But they took the video down. I guess they mad because I'm giving out their secrets that Logan Paul probably will main event WrestleMania if The Rock don't show up, Cody gets injured. But I said it. Take a look at what I said on last week's episode. Imagine Logan Paul carrying Roman Reigns and having a great match and has Roman Reigns on the ropes and then the bloodline has to save Roman Reigns from Logan Paul. Do you know what that means? That will give WWE every justification to book the rematch at WrestleMania 39, Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul. And Logan Paul is probably known more than Roman Reigns. So they got the name recognition. So that can even happen. You can see I said, if Logan Paul has a good performance at Crown Jewel, there is no reason that WWE can't justify Logan Paul main event in WrestleMania 39. It's a reason Logan Paul is main eventing the Saudi Arabia event because no one knows who the fuck everyone else is in the WWE except for Logan Paul. Logan Paul is more popular than the top guy in WWE. Like you can go any mall in the country and they won't know who Roman Reigns the fuck it, who Roman Reigns is. 
but they all know who Jake Paul is. But WWE has done a good job at marketing, marketing, marketing Roman Reigns and the bloodline. Like, they're going to historic heights. Not just like Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks brought up Hangman and Marty. Roman brought up the Usos. You see what I'm saying? Or you could say Usos brought up Roman because Roman came up with the shield. And now this bloodline faction is taking WWE to new heights, whether you like it or not. But this was the best match on the card, and this is the first time Roman Reigns had the best match on the card in a while. I say, out of, out of his last 20 title defenses, he only had the best fight on the card three times. Once against John Cena at SummerSlam, then against Finn Balor at um, Extreme Rules, and the one he had at SummerSlam this year against uh, Brock Lesnar. But it was a lot of things going on in that match. It wasn't about skills and things that happened around this match. And like I said, WWE has people carrying Roman Reigns to make him have good matches. I can honestly say Logan Paul carried Roman Reigns in this match. And Logan Paul is good. I'm seeing moves I've never seen from Logan Paul. And shout out to Jake Paul, because you know, he had a big one against Anderson Silva, but he just used his boxing skills to knock out both of the Usos when they tried to interfere. So, Logan Paul, the only mistake Logan Paul made was he was showboating a little bit too much. But you know, the Pauls do that. They wear the big jewelry. You've seen Jake Paul with the yellow Louis Vuitton sneakers, the draped out. So they don't show off, but you just can't do that in the ring with Roman Reigns, someone that kicks out of everything, and that's so resilient. But um, will Roman Reigns respect Jake Paul um, and Logan Paul? I think so. Will we see Jake Paul in the WWE ring? Um, I think so. Like... Let's do this at Survivor Series. Let's have, like, Jake Paul and Logan Paul versus Roman and one of the Usos. That would be a nice thing to set up the Rock versus Roman. Because, you know, one of the Usos would lose to one of the Pauls and Roman blames them. And then the bloodline will start beating the hell out of them. And just like Meltzer said, you can set up that tag match at WrestleMania. The Rock and one of the Usos against Roman and one of the Usos to take some of the strain off the Rock's body. But Crown Jewel had some other gems um, too as well. I love this pay-per-view. Bianca Belair and Bayley are starting to become the best rivalry, rivalry in professional wrestling as far as women is concerned. Like, they had three matches that were three classics. The Hell in a Cell match was a classic. Um, the SummerSlam match was a classic. This uh, match they had here where the last woman standing was a classic. Like, they was trapping each other's in treasure chests, trapping each other in um, fucking underneath ladders. And Bianca Belair, she's, you know, doing the same thing Roman is doing in the men's division, becoming GOAT status, or people are saying GOAT status already in her young professional wrestling career. She's the real GOAT because, man, she, she just got the skills. And she personifies babyface. You see what I'm saying? Like, she goes all out in her matches. And that's just a great representation of black women and black people in the WWE, which we don't have too much of. Now, let's get to Bobby and Brock Lesnar. Bobby Lashley, I defend you so much, but you have to be the biggest dummy in the world. If the referee is counting one, two, three, and his hands on the mat, don't you know your shoulders is on the ground? He's not putting up Brock's hand for one, two, 
three because you got him in the full Nelson. No, he's counting the three. He's he. You hear one, two. He's yelling out, "Get your shoulders up!" How can you pin Brock Lesnar if he's on top of you, you big dummy? And for Bobby Lashley to lose that match like that when he dominated Brock Lesnar, beat the living shit out of Brock Lesnar, just shows you how Bobby just isn't a high IQ guy. He's a big muscle-bound dummy. How can you lose that match? Like, you had this dude in the full Nelson about to go to sleep. He could not break it like Drew McIntyre didn't break it. And you hear the ref, one, two. Not only is he shouting it, you hear him slapping the, the mat. And then when you say, what happened? He says, Brock won. You act like you don't know what happened. And I think you do not know what happened. That goes to show you that MVP should have been in, you know, Bobby Lashley's corner. Bobby Lashley is losing it. And then he goes on Raw and, you know, takes it out on Austin Theory. Well, man, that was the worst thing that happened to Bobby Lashley is MVP turning on him. And probably that's why he did it, because of the low wrestling IQ Bobby has. All muscle, no brain. But then you had the Usos match, the tag team with the Brawling Brutes. That was a great match. The crowd in Saudi Arabia was like, this is awesome. This is awesome. And I always call myself the Receipt King. I says, whenever Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey comes back to the WWE, everything gets better when Brock and Ronda comes back. It's no coincidence. Like, even Raw got better because now you got the OC with my IM um, with them. But what's up with the Good Brothers? Why do they keep going back and forth? I swear to God, the Good Brothers are the most overrated tag team in the world. They just look good on paper. When you see Doc Gallows and his brother, they look like they would just wreck shit. Just like Kevin Nash, he big and tall. He looked good on paper, but he was so fucking garbage in the ring. And so garbage. He was the lowest drawing WWE champion ever. He drew less than Bradshaw. So, yeah, shout out to the OC. Shout out to WWE for doing this Judgment Day thing. The WWE has been killing it. I just, I just love it because I can no longer come on my show and talk bad shit about WWE. And shout out to Michael Cole because he's giving us a hint or teasing us that we might get some Forbidden Door. Because he's, he's using forbidden words like wrestling. You're not supposed to say wrestling in the WWE. You're supposed to say, you know, sports entertainment. Superstars. You're supposed to say superstars in the WWE. You're not supposed to say wrestlers. Michael Cole is saying all that. He's like, Vince saying here, I'm going ham. Triple H gave me the permission. Then he mentions the Bullet Club and name something. Vince, Vince would have suspended him for six months if he would have made that mistake. Then... He says, uh, the IWGP champions, this dude is naming whole titles in New Japan. Something that Vince would have never went for. So I just hope Tonga Loa and some of those good um, WWE people can, I mean, good New Japan people can come work with WWE. But see, the WWE might be too greedy because they don't want New Japan to work with anybody else. They want to be exclusive partners with WWE. Now that Vince is gone... Maybe Triple H would do that. And I always thought if WWE got rid of Vince and Triple H really ran WWE, you have the Young Bucks super kicking the e Usos in like four weeks. Because Vince wants to give the people what he wants. But I don't think he has full control of WWE yet. But, you know, the Young Bucks, they are there with it. Kenny Omega is with it. He said he would like to fight Roman Reigns. It's just if Vince has that 
total control still, even though Triple H is a face, will he let them do the Forbidden Door? Because fans like both of the wrestlers, like, and the wrestlers like the wrestlers. The WWE wrestlers like the AEW wrestlers, despite AEW fans don't like WWE fans. But man, shout out to WWE and Forbidden Door, man. So now, this segment I'm going to talk about wrestling events I regret not going to. And let's start, you know, with the first one. Last week's AEW Dynamite in Catonsville, Baltimore, was at the UMBC Arena, the Chesapeake Arena. And I usually don't go to, um, you know, I don't go to live television shows. I only go to pay-per-views because I make it a vacation of it. And... I'm not working on those days. And so I really don't want to show up late since they put good matches at first. And I don't want to come in late and I miss the Young Bucks because they came on first. Or they'll have the heavyweight champion, John Moxley versus Daniel Bryan on first. And I missed it because I came in late because I was working or whatever. But man, I regret not showing up to this Dynamite. Jade Cargo was there with the baddies. So I wanted to connect with some baddies that's in Baltimore. You see what I'm saying? Because I know a few, but... You know, the baddie baddies probably would have came from everywhere. So, Jay Cargill can continue her winning streak. And then Chris Jericho called out Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson was in the front row. And then, on top of that, Rick Ross was fucking there with Swerve. Talking shit with Keith Lee. Talking about accusations. Doing promos with Swerve. My mans and them was like, Tone, we should have went to that shit, yo. Dynamite was turned... But I just don't like that Chesapeake Arena. It's like fucking small time. But I think AEW probably made it look big time. But I regret not going to that show. And I feel like I'm going to start going to more, you know, like TV events instead of pay-per-view events. Now, Raw's coming up in D.C. I live in Baltimore. I might go to that. My boy, Burly Boy Kev, said he's going to that. But I might, I can't do Raw, man. I swear to God, I went to Raw after Mania this year, and it almost ruined a great WrestleMania weekend. Like, me and my homeboys morale was so high after WrestleMania night one and two at A&T Stadium. Go to Monday Night Raw Live, and it just sucked the energy out of both of us. That, that fucking sucked, that Raw. And it was the last game of the final four but it was a good game because kansas came back from 20 to beat north carolina i could have stayed in the house or went to the hooters around the corner from where the mavericks play where they had raw and just uh, told my homeboy go go watch raw i'm gonna be right here i'm gonna because that raw was garbage i missed a classic basketball game for that now the second event that i regret not going to which was right up the street in philadelphia was that extreme rules match that Extreme Rules pay-per-view was so fucking hard, and I missed it just by being lazy and not going. Was that on a Saturday, or was it... I think it was a big college football game on a, that night that I would have watched instead of wrestling, but I think that was on a Saturday, and it wasn't on a Sunday. Sunday, I wasn't going because it was the NFL. I'm not just... I'm not having it. And um, I think this year... Survivor Series is on a Saturday. I'm going to try to check that out. That's a little bit further, but that's still drivable. You don't have to catch a plane. And you might be home the same night. It's in Boston. And Full Gear is coming up. I'm thinking about going to Full Gear. I don't know yet. Um, 
I have to see what my schedule is like and what's, what what NFL or college football games is on Saturday because I run a uh, I run a sports show, so if something is on a Saturday and some big college football games on, I won't do that because I have to cover the real sports because the game comes first because it's real. It always comes before wrestling. I'm sorry, you fucking marks, but it's just how I carry it. But um, yeah, uh, I regret not going to. Uh, extreme rules because that match between Bailey and, and uh, Bianca, the latter match was dope. Then what Judgment Day did with Edge, it would have been great to be there live. And those matches were so good. Roman wasn't even on the card and it was still a good dope card. So those are like the two cards I regret not going to. The AEW Dynamite that was last Wednesday and No one cares about the elite. Like, AEW is having dope shows, and no one's talking about the elite. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. No one's talking about the Undisputed Era because they're injured. And AEW is still having the better wrestling shows than WWE. They're still having the better pay-per-views than WWE. And this is a good thing for the elite that no one's talking about them. And you say, Antonio, why is that a good thing that no one's talking about the elite and no one cares about the elite? Because AEW is still thriving. And that you're forgetting that Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega are VPs. That's their job to get the rest of the roster over so they can forget about them. You know how much family time Matt and Nick is getting and still making more money than 80% of the wrestlers out there? Probably more than what WWE guys make because they get the high salary and the and the VP salary. That's why CM Punk is probably out the door. People thinking CM Punk may be out the door because Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, and Kenny Omega are really vice presidents. Kenny Omega was booking the women's division. So Kenny was hurt. But for the Young Bucks, you know, when they were in the Indies and Ring of Honor, they would fly all around the world from Japan to the USA um, not see their families all the time. Now they can get to see their families all the time and still handle day-to-day -day business, come out with brand deals like Diodora. Like, this is the best thing that could happen to the elite. No one caring about the fucking elite. But then when they come back, it's just gonna explode. You know what I mean? And will they take the face route or will they take the heel route? Because... When the Young Bucks did the Forbidden Door and they teamed up with the guy, El Fantasmo, they were doing like the silly, goofy stuff and still hitting the moves. And I was like, are the Young Bucks tired of being heels? Are they just over this heel thing? Because just like people love being the heel, if they were naturally faces, eventually they would want to want to stop being the heel. So, And with this NJF thing and John Moxley coming up, and then you got Lee Moriarty and... Stokey, the firm turning on John Moxley and, uh, you know, NJF, because Stokey thinks he's the boss. NJF is letting him know that, no, I'm the boss, and Stokey is cut, though, so he ain't having that, so they attack both of them. So now, NJF wants to do it the right way, but he's going to be hurt at full gear. And then we got Chris Jericho taking on Sammy Garber, and Daniel Bryan for the Ring of Honor title, a triple threat. 
And you got Jericho saying, well, you know, you're my son's son, Sammy. I know you're going to do the right thing. But Sammy thinking his OG has given him a genuine opportunity at full gear. So AEW is just doing it. And it's going to have us at the edge of our seats, man. And full gear might disappoint a lot of you MJF fans. You see what I'm saying? Or it might, you know, ignite MJF fans. Because even though EJ, MJF shits on fans, certain trigger points that happen will make you want to root for MJF. He finally gets his shot. Despite how many insults he throws at us fans, we want MJF to get a fair shot at it and, you know, win his title without no interference because he wants to do it himself. And this is getting to the point with, like, Jade. Jade's a hill, and she called people broke, and she's like, I'm green like the money. Um, Y'all beneath me, but she's so awesome in the ring. She looks so awesome. You don't fuck with her and cheer for her anyway. You see what I'm saying? And we're starting to see two of the biggest heels transition to two of the biggest faces right before our eyes, Jay Cargill and MJF. Now I'm a Chicago win. I want all Chicago to win. Let's get into some Chicago wins. Because two people from Chicago that was on top of the world just blew it in a matter of seconds, minutes, just by running their fucking mouth. I'm talking about Kanye West and CM Punk. These guys were on top of the world and blew, blew everything out the water. Kanye had new albums out. He had deals with Balenciaga. He had, you know, new two albums out that was critically acclaimed. And certain things just didn't go their way, and they just crashed and burned. Kanye got a divorce. You know what I mean? Kim was, you know, banging Pete Davidson. CM Punk crashed and burned on the biggest night of his career, winning the AEW Championship, you know, in his hometown in Chicago. At All Out, I was there in attendance, and the press conference was sort of like how Kanye went on Drink Champs and said, I can say anti-Semitic shit and Adidas can't get rid of me. Now what? I can say anti-Semitic shit and Adidas, you know, can't get rid of me. Now, that says he wanted to get off Adidas so bad. He would either risk $1.5 billion deal. But the $1.5, he it ain't like he had it liquid. Kanye would have for supper for four or five years with Adidas still in his test house and doing whatever he want to get that $1.5 billion. He knew he was set for life no matter how many deals that he would relinquish. But he did it to sacrifice himself just like Jesus did. He sacrificed himself for our sins. He sacrificed $1.5 billion because he didn't want Adidas to have control of his shit. Now, CM Punk, he did the total opposite. He shitted on the VPs and Colt Cabana. After he won the title, things was going well for CM Punk. And just because he got emotional because the crowd popped for MJF more than they popped for him winning the title, he buries the, the VPs, Matt and Nick. That causes a bat stage fall with Nick getting knocked the fuck out. You know, CM Punk, you know, fighting with Matt. Chairs are being thrown. Hair is getting pulled. 
And not only did he want the whole AEW locker room wanting him out of AEW and talking about a suspension, he was injured for eight months. And this is why I go back to keeping CM Punk in the news and not giving them the buyout. Hopefully this buyout doesn't work because you got the scumbag Triple H already saying that he will work with CM Punk after he's seeing CM Punk bearing his uh, talent on uh, AEW after he beat uh, John Moxley. So this could be awesome if this was just a work and CM Punk came back. Right after Elite got their foot in through and the Elite is cruising and then CM Punk comes back with FTR to, to take on the Young Bucks and Kenny. And CM Punk and Kenny will wrestle for the AEW Heavyweight title or, or something like that if MJF drops it. We still want that dream match between Kenny Omega and CM Punk that they had the promo on somebody on Instagram did like a little video footage of that we still want that but I just felt like the Chicago um the Chicago native you know factor and the, it was a coincidence that both are the biggest stars in Chicago just crashed and burned and just like lost it all just by running their mouth and, and Triple H knows that CM Punk is a problem, but Triple H is a businessman, just like Tony Khan. He says, let me bring fucking, you know, CM Punk here. I never say never. You see what I'm saying? Because when CM Punk sold out that United Center on the rumor, who wouldn't want to do that? And that pop he got when he first returned, an impact show would want that pop, a WWE show would want that pop, the New Japan show would want that pop. So, like, why not? Like, Triple H is never saying never for anything. He'll bring that temporary thing in. He'll bring that temporary pop in if it's for the fans. One thing, the fans love CM Punk, no matter what happened. And I feel like if Tony doesn't play this right, he can alienate some CM Punk fans uh, into leaving AEW and not fucking with AEW if you let the Young Bucks stay and you let CM Punk leave. You see what I'm saying? When they both were fighting and CM Punk would want to stay, but you wanted to buy him out and kick him out. But if I was CM Punk, I wouldn't take no buyout. Pay me my whole contract. It ain't my fault. You want to act like a girl and get emotional over some words I said at a press conference. That's on you. But hopefully CM Punk don't leave AEW. It's no reason to make any decisions yet because he's out for eight months. He can't do shit for eight months anyway. You see what I'm saying? So why why release him and buy him out where he can't go to the WWE even if he had a six-month non-compete? You see what I'm saying? Because he hurt. Now, you make him stop him from going there and doing a promo and signing with WWE and just not being able to wrestle until the eight months is over. But still, he's injured. He can't perform. So, but I just feel like, you know, Kanye West and CM Punk lost a lot. In just a matter of seconds or minutes, no matter how you look at it. The fact that I have to sit up here because we have irresponsible people who call themselves EVPs and couldn't fucking manage a target, and they spread lies and bullshit and, and put into a media that I got somebody fired when I have fuck all to do with him, want nothing to do with him, do not care where he works, where he doesn't work, where he eats, where he sleeps. 
And the fact that I have to get up here and do this in 2022 is fucking embarrassing. And if y'all are at fault, fuck you. If you're not, I apologize. But what did I... So CM Punk believes that it was the Young Bucks who are telling people he got Colt Cabana fired, but I could have swore Colt Cabana was in AEW with the Dark Order while CM Punk was there. But CM Punk is a baller. He probably said, Tony Khan, I'm sick of looking at this motherfucker. Get rid of him. And he thinks the Young Bucks probably put that shit out. So CM Punk said, fuck you. The thing about it being Adidas is like, I could literally say anti-Semitic shit and they can't drop me. I could say anti-Semitic things and Adidas can't drop me. Now what? Kanye West got what he wanted all along to get dropped from Adidas. Now, what's funny is we've seen him go on a rant like this before. And when the smoke cleared, he said he only wore a MAGA hat to get Larry Hoover out of jail. So now we're probably going to get a lot of apologies from Kanye because he got off Adidas. What I didn't like is... How the culture, once again, didn't stick with Kanye. They blamed Nori and chastised Nori for, for doing the interview with him on Drink Champs, but didn't say nothing to the white people like Tucker Carlson and Piers Morgan for getting the interview. See, the white people went ahead and got those ratings and no one said nothing to them. So I feel like it's always us against us. Now let's talk about Roman Reigns post WWE because I said only two things can happen at WrestleMania 39 is Cody Rhodes beats Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns beats The Rock. Or The Rock and Roman have two matches. Roman wins one, The Rock wins one. Or The Rock just beats, loses to Roman because I can't see them putting the Universal title on The Rock if he's a part-timer. And just after WrestleMania 39, Roman still doesn't lose. And there goes the saying wreck every time thing and leave. And Roman Reigns wants to follow the footsteps of other great WWE champions, John Cena and The Rock. So let's do something fun. Let's cast Rome, three Roman Reigns movies. So the first, you know The Rock was a big ass kicking son of a gun in his first movie, Walking Tall. So we'll give Roman a kick ass movie. And this is a franchise they never remade that Arnold Schwarzenegger starred in. And we don't see too many of these movies. And it was one of a kind. We never seen a muscle-bound man with a sword. So Roman Reigns is Conan the Barbarian. Something that won't require him to do much talking or trash talking. But it will have him step out of his, you know, comfort zone a little bit. But not too uncomfortable where he would flop and you would buy it because he's big he's muscular he can wield that sword you can act like that savage and it would work it's a franchise that we all love you got three blockbuster movies in a row with you know roman reigns straight off the bat conan the barbarian do conan the destroyer then what was the third conan i don't remember the old the third one but yeah, I can see Roman Reigns fulfilling that role as Conan. So we're going to start him off a little bit faster than John Cena. We're going to push Roman into a lead role. The second, just like The Rock had his funny movies like Jumanji. Jumanji. What else did he do? He did a funny movie. I forgot what it was. League of Super Pets. 
let's give Roman like a real like family oriented movie. And you know so the rock was supposed to play John Henry, but he got a lot of flack because people were saying oh, when was Black Twitter exploded when they said The Rock was going to play John Henry? It's like, when The Rock become black? So we're going to put a folklore hero on Roman Reigns. He can star as Paul Bunyan. Now you can do it two different ways. You can have a family fun Paul Bunyan movie where Roman Reigns can be funny with comic relief. Or you can have a Quentin Tarantino, you know... Robert Rodriguez style bloodfest Paul Bunyan, sort of like what they're doing that with Violet Knight with the Santa Claus kicking ass. You can have Roman Reigns just kick ass as Paul Bunyan, where he's like chopping people down with the axe, beating people's ass, throwing them around. Or you can have it be like a family PG movie where he's just beating up goons like it's Home Alone or something. You can do that for Roman Reigns' second movie. So that's why I really think Roman Reigns is preparing for a Hollywood career because the the I say 75% of this title run, he didn't say shit. He let Paul Heyman do the talking. Now he's doing a lot of trash talking in the ring and WWE is pinging in close, hearing them talk to junk like, oh, another YouTuber ain't coming over here. They're getting them ready for Hollywood. So we're fast-tracking Roman Reigns, the lead roles, unlike John Cena, who got the roles. Now, you've seen The Rock play Black Adam, kick-ass supervillain. A lot of people might think he's a superhero if they don't read the comics or listen to the trailer. So you got The Rock playing Black Adam. Now, let Roman play the supervillain. And let Roman play the supervillain in the DC Universe. By the name of Lobo, the madman. Now, if you don't read comic books, research Lobo. Lobo is like Wolverine on steroids. This dude, Lobo, is so badass, they kicked him out of hell. He killed over, they said he killed over 800,000 people. And Roman, if you put that war paint on Roman with the, with the, with the white paint, with the fucking, uh... Black eyelids, and then you have Roman talk the shit he was talking to Logan Paul and the shit he was talking to John Cena at SummerSlam. Man, that is gold. Let me be your acting agent, Roman. I got three blockbusters for you right off the bat. One, Conan the Barbarian. Two, Paul Bunyan. It could be a family fun film or it can be a blood fest, just like uh, the Santa movie that's coming out, Violent Night. Then you can end it with Lobo, the man that was so bad he got kicked out of hell. He almost is as badass as Black Adam. Now, you, Black Adam is that guy where, like, Lobo is sort of like DC's version of Deadpool, but m more harder. You know what I mean? More vicious. You see what I'm saying? He talks a lot of shit. But Deadpool is more a comedic act. Lobo is like a guy that sarcastically will whoop your ass and talk shit. But yeah... So if Roman wrecks everything to leave and go to Hollywood because he has no one else to beat, I got three Hollywood movies for him. Back to back to back. Let's start with the AE dub, the ringside exclusive of the CM Punk with the ice cream pop that he gave away free. 
at his Dynamite debut, or was that Rampage when he came to Rampage on that rumor and he sold out on a rumor? But I like the Unrivaled collection. This is a ringside exclusive. You see the CM Punk in the back. I'm never gonna open this just because of the packaging. And like action figures now are like home decor. It's not like an action figure, like an actual toy. I don't look at it like that. I look at it as home decor. And then I got this boy, Kenny Omega. The dripped out Kenny Omega with the title. I said, when I seen this, I had to get this this right here. You got the blazer with the t-shirt with the ripped jeans. I don't know what sneakers he got on, but I had to grab this. Um, this came with the five unmatched collection with Sammy Garver, Sean Spears, Kenny Omega, Red Velvet, Brian Danielson, Darby Allen. I gotta get the Darby Allen uh, LG and I need that. And I'm gonna get the Red Velvet. I don't know. I, I might pass with Daniel Bryan. I love Daniel Bryan, but I might pass. And I had to get this one. Sting! It's Sting! Because you know, they had this that was selling out at first, and then re, uh, resellers was trying to act crazy. And I went to Double or Nothing in Las Vegas, and they had it for retail, but retail was like $26. I think I got this for $20 at Ringside Collectibles. But I would have been better off paying the $26 for it at uh, Double or Nothing, but I wanted to have fun in Vegas, so every penny counted because I fucked up some money gambling. But yeah, this one is hard. Got the jacket, the bat, autograph on the back. This came with the one that had K. Conte, Ortiz, Santana, Wardlow, and MJF. And this was Series 2, so yeah, this is a dope figure. Then I got the Triple H DX. I think this was cheap. This might have been $10. If you wanted to start a figure collection or sneaker collection, now is the time to get into it. Don't fuck with these people on eBay selling you the same shit for like $40, even $30, when this was like $9.99. It might have been $10.99. I know it wasn't full price because Ringside had a sale. They always had a sale. And this is the D-Generation X joint, too. I might open this later and put it with the Shawn Michaels. I don't know about that. But now we got some real shit. This the AEW exclusive, Amazon exclusive with Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. And I got with this Young Bucks figure set. You see the outfit. Take a look at the outfit. I got the Young Buck Jordan 3s. No shade to the Deodores, but they can't fuck with the Young Buck Jordan 3s. Look, the Young Bucks. Matt, Nick. I'm also rocking your idol, Shawn Michaels. Y'all made the super kick more over than Shawn Michaels did. But take a look at these bad boys. I wear my sneakers, so they got scuffed right there. And I be wearing these in front of people that don't like wrestling. And they're like, I like them. What are those? What collab is that? I'm like, these the Young Bucks are custom with the greatest tag team in wrestling and go right with the Young Bucks, you know, outfit. But they got the pose wrong again. Why they can't get the pose right? It's supposed to be like this. I think, you see how they are? Like, they supposed to be like this, but they got them doing the shit like this, like the Wonder Twins. I don't know why they don't get, get the pose right. But look at this. Unrivaled collection, Matt and Nick. Go with the Young Bucks custom Jordan 3s. I wear my sneakers. That's why they kind of 
you know, and people that don't even like wrestling say, I like those. What collab is this? I'm like, well, is this the greatest tag team in wrestling collab? The Young Bucks. And I remember I tagged Matt in these and he put them on the story and he was like, those are unbelievable, unreal. But these are real Jordan 3s. I don't think he was trying to slide, but yeah, they just customized. My homeboy did them for me. I'm coming out with another custom Young Buck 3 mixed with the Overboys um, Young Bucks 3.